a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. is Neil Anderson. Welcome to my podcast. This is Return to Real. Today is a special day for me. I'm excited to speak with Nisha DeGaring. You've, you've heard of Nisha, and I have to tell you, Nisha, here's, here's the thing that everybody said to me. They're like, have you spoken to Nisha yet? I'm like, I, so everybody knows you. And I was like, no, I haven't spoken to her yet. And through the years, I've been doing this a lot of years, people will say to me, well, what, what did Nisha say? Or have you said this to Nisha? Or I had a client. This is the thing. This is where I very first heard of you. And it's been years ago. Okay. Um, Nisha DeGaring, as everybody knows, does uh, ABC4's TV, right? You do Good Things Utah, a lot of things, right? I do. I do. I do Good Things Utah Monday through Friday for 17 years. 17. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say a lot of years, but you look so young, you can't say 17. Um, bless you. Now you're my favorite. Now you can ask me whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, my client was, I get this, she's not the only one. She's like, do you know who I want to look like? I want to I want to look like Nisha DeGaring. I want Nisha DeGaring arms and shoulders. What? This is, this been- is- Neil, this is making ago. this is making my day. Like I, yeah. I forget anything else you say from now on. Like I'm happy. I'm happy now. <laughs> I mean it. They come to me and they're like, "Can I look like Nisha DeGarry?" I'm like, "I got you." I used to train the Utah Jazz dancers, and some of them were like, "Well, I'll tell you, who's in great shape, Nisha DeGarry," because they would go and do the show, right? I'd train them for a decade, and they would come and do your show. A lot of them would. They would you would bring them on in certain things, and they'd be like, "You know who I want to look like?" I'm like, "That's." That is true. Do you so, know years ago, Neil, like little story for you. How many years ago? I think my gosh, did I just have one child or two? But I think, I think I had one of my daughters and she was two years old and the station got the great idea that we should dance with the jazz dancers during a halftime. And, and on paper, that sounds like great TV, right? We should totally do that. I have never been that scared in my entire life. Like I, I think I'm a dancer until I get with those ladies who can drop it at a moment's notice, who like are fitter than I ever thought. And I have, I had to perform at halftime with them. It may be the scariest thing I've ever done. I'll bet you did great because I saw you on one of your shows one time with Emily Nelson. And so Emily invented high fit, her and her friend Amber yeah. invented high fit. And they were doing some stuff and you were like, you were one, two, got it. And every single <laughs> move was perfect like that. You had it. And I was like, I'm going to watch this. So being a guy that used to watch these jazz dancers all the time, I'm like, all right, uh, let's just see if old Nisha's got anything. Let's see, see she what can she hang. can do. I let's don't know. see if that chicken hang. And guess what? You rocked it. That was awesome. Here's the thing about me is I am pretty competitive. So if you say, can you do this? I really want it. I want to keep up with you. Like I want to see if I can do it. 
And some things you'll go, yeah, good job. And others you are like, Ooh, maybe don't do that again. But, but I really want to see if I can. So that's part yeah. of it. It's my competitive spirit. So I have wanted to speak to you for so long. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for doing the show. Yeah, you're so, so welcome. And since the day that my client was like, I want niche to Gehring arms and shoulders. She was, I was like, I got to find out what that girl does. What does she do for fitness? So let me just ask you, let's start the show with Nisha. How do you stay so fit? Is it, so her question was, do you think she's just built like that? Did she just wake up in the morning like that? Or does she work for it? I do. I wake up like this. No, I'm not Beyonce. I'm absolutely not Beyonce. Um, I, so my fitness has been a journey. I think like everybody else's, I'm totally Neil, not afraid to say my age. I'm 47. And I am 47. I mean, I've been putting you in your thirties. Um, again, why I'll do this show. Anytime you ask, like ask me anytime. Uh, Um, I think in my, I think in my twenties and thirties, I, I probably just my mid to late, the early thirties, I took for granted that things were easy, that I looked how I looked and I could work out or not work out or miss a couple weeks or do a couple weeks here and there. Now in the last 10 to 15 years, that's not the case. You have to be consistent. And so I think fitness has shifted for me over the years. Um, I, I, I had a brief five-year period where I did a lot of running. Um, I did half marathons and I did five K's and I did 10 K's. And it was good for me to have a goal and to push myself to a goal. Um, but I find that for me, consistency comes from um, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, five to six days a week. If I can get that in, in my late thirties, I started lifting and mm-hmm. I had not liked that. I had just been a runner, a jogger. I'd done that my whole life. Um, it's what I really enjoyed. And as I started getting older, I started noticing my shoulders and my arms and what they look like and the skin. And, um, I did something called total health and fitness. Have you heard that? Yeah. I know, I know those folks. Yeah. Very well. So they really got me to love lifting more than I ever had before. And ladies out there, like I, I feel you and I hear you. I don't like walking into a gym and walking over to the freeways. I feel intimidated. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. You do. You feel intimidated. I feel intimidated. There are these guys that like are lifting so much more weight than I'll ever lift. And they know what they're doing. And they're dropping it on the floor after, and they're grunting. And I'm like, Oh, like I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Right. You're going to judge me. And so it took me total health and fitness saying, this is how to do it. This is how much weight Nisha you're swinging your arms. Like, is that's not enough weight. And I was like, well, I'm a girl. I could do 10 pounds. And they're like, you're ridiculous. Like you can do double that. You can do triple that. And I needed someone to say that to me. And it, it changed the way I look at weights and the way it sculpted me. I, I'm, I mean, I'm genetically blessed with height. I'm 5'10". I can definitely eat a little more than the average girl because, or person because I'm, I have a lot of me. There's a lot of me to go around. But I can see it if I'm not lifting. I see it on me. And there's something about sculpting that a little bit. And believe me, I still don't. That I don't get out there and bench press like like you know I that's not what I'm doing but I am consistently doing enough weight that I've noticed a huge difference in my arms and shoulders. I would try to talk you into bench pressing if we could talk long enough. <laughs> Eventually, and, we'll get and I'm competitive, so I probably would. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not into the competitive bench pressing stuff, but there's something about bench pressing for people our age, or you're you're a little younger than I am. 
Um, but there's something about that full body strength training. There's a reason that most have strong athletic people do bench press. And for me, I'm in a war right now, right? I'm in a war with losing strength and muscle because you, you can't lose muscle. Not at my age. You can't. Um, because once you lose your muscle, you start losing everything else. All of the protein regulation, the protein synthesis, all of the, the hormones are regulated through the type 2B muscle fibers, the, the strength fibers, right? So you start losing those guys, um, metabolism shrinks, testosterone shrinks, and ladies have testosterone too. And once they lose some of that testosterone, um, thyroid goes askew, estrogen goes askew. The whole hormonal process goes askew. It's tough to regulate. And so it's interesting for me, for our age, is necessary. It, necessary. Isn't it how one little thing you do or don't do sets everything? Like hormones are such a big... I mean, you. I, I would do interviews about them in my 30s, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. tell me about right. them. Right. And now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, oh, what are these things? Because you're right. They're the regulation of those and how you treat your body as related to hormones is huge. I notice the difference. Um, it's, it's things I eat now. I'm a sugar fan. I'm from Utah, for heaven's sake. We like our sugar. It's, it's, it's like a drug. And I see it on me more than I used to like my sugar before I could eat it and kind of be like, I'm good. And now, um, now I definitely have to watch it and regulate it a little bit more than I used to. Where do you see it? When you look at yourself, where do you see the sugar? And isn't it funny how everyone gains in different places? Yeah, Um, they do. And mine is mine would be hips and butt. Like I can see it. I can see thighs, hips, butt area, Um, and that's why I still love and, and six days a week. I'm, I don't run like I used to because honestly, my knees can't do it. I wish I could. Um, I wish I could run like I used, I used to, but I, I jog and I walk probably 45 minutes to an hour, six days a week. Mm. Um, just because six days a week mentally, I think mentally for me, as much as physically, my mental mindset is so much better when I get that done. It just is. I know. Me too. I just need my dopamine hit for the day and then I can regulate. Then I, I agree. Can, can make it happen. Yeah. Plus I think the human, um, I think the human body was made to move. And I think that you can't take days off. I think that you can change the things that you do and the intensity that you do, but it wasn't made to sit. In fact, you know, was it the CDC just came out with that thing that said that sitting is the new smoking? You, oh, you that's right. They you did. Can't. Yeah, you can't. Let's go back. What yeah. is, give me your workout. What do you do? What's what specifically? Like, what did you do today? What are you going to do today? Just Okay. So what I'm going to do today, um, what I'm going to do today is definitely six days a week. I'm moving, whatever that looks like. I'm on a bike. I'm hiking. Um, if I, there's a trail, I hike it. If there's something else, I'm going to jog it. Um, I definitely get in movement for 30 to 45 minutes every single day. Almost. It's interesting how I feel about myself when I don't do that. Like, isn't it like there's, there's some sort of like mental checklist. And when I don't do that, I I look at myself in the mirror differently and I don't know why that is, but I'm like, Whoa, you look like a slug now. Like it's so I check that off the list four days a week. Um, I'm then doing a, a lifting regimen. And this came from total health and fitness. So they, they're like, if you're lifting four to six things, you're good. I felt overwhelmed by lifting. So I may go down. What what was that? Four to six things. What what do you mean? Per per workout? Yes. So I may do three reps of bicep curls, 12 
you know, 12 each. I may do three reps of that. And so three sets of 12 repetitions. Yes. Okay. And then then in between those, I'll waltz it in between those. I'll waltz it for 60 seconds and then pop back up and do. And then after that, I will do some bench work and do, you know, like I'll, I'll do some other weights there. And then between that I'm walking, I'm stepping up and back and down on the bench. Um, I'm doing that for 60 seconds and then I go back in and then I'll pick another weight. I'll do triceps. And in between the triceps, I'm doing sit-ups and then back into the triceps. And if I hit 30 minutes, I'm done. Like that's about my limit. So I do that. Totally fits your personality. You're the type of person that wants to stay moving the whole way. Yes. Uh Okay. Got you. I got you. So So you'll do that three times a week. Yeah. Three to four times a week. And then I'm walking or doing some sort of like cardio every day. When I first started total health and fitness, I remember, and I was in my late thirties at the time, early forties. And they said to me, what type of body do you want? And I said, fit. And they said, no, like, do you want a runner's body? Do you want a cyclist body? Do you want a fit body? Do you want muscle? Do you want, and I was like, I have no idea that the way I'm working out impacts every one of those things you're saying. Um, they were very clear to me that I was running so much running's great, but you want that look because you're eating muscle with the amount of running that you're doing. Um, and I, I like the muscle to hold up my skin. I like it. So I cut back. They had me cut back on cardio. I don't go hard on cardio. Like I used to, I do a lot of it for my mental state and a lot of it just to move. Like you said, and I do the weightlifting and the sit-ups and the push. I do that stuff more as my muscle building. Okay. So that's your exercise. And the other stuff is your health, your mental yes. health. Yes. Yes. I knew you lifted. I did. I knew you lifted. When I saw, I saw a picture of you doing something on a paddleboard in your forward, we had a bulge in your shoulder. I'm like, that's a lifter. That Wait a minute. Lifts. She lifts. Yep. Yeah, and, that one lifts. And honestly, ladies out there, if you're listening and, and maybe your listeners, like they know all of this stuff. But I feel like for, when I talk about lifting on Good Things Utah, so many women go, not me. And I was you. I felt the same way until I hit late thirties, early forties. And I saw how much, like just my arm didn't look like it did 10 years before my shoulders, my skin on it. I was like, what's happening. And lifting brought the tone back. And again, I'm not lifting 70 pounds girls. I'm not like, I'm not bicep curling 70 pounds, Uh, but I'm doing enough that I feel the tension in my muscle that I'm shaking, that I see a change. I'm not swinging soup cans because I can lift more than that. That's not making a difference, but I'm doing enough that I look in the mirror after and I go, there's the tone that I automatically had in my twenties. There Mm -hmm. it is. And I have to do that in my forties and fifties and sixties. Do you know what it is? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
for me. For me, somewhere in the last 10 years, it, it stopped being about the looks. I don't do it for the looks. But if I'm being honest, it was at very first. For the first 20 so years that I was lifting, I wanted to make sure I had a, a bulging biceps or I wanted to make sure I had this look or that. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, this what the philosophical sense of what human movement is overcame it was this thing that was like um and my clients were the same way especially my female clients they were like i don't lift i'm I'm a girl i shouldn't lift and so i I asked this thing came i was like well wait a minute your body has the ability to lift right like yeah like it, it has the ability to lift heavy push pull squat pull kind of things heavily and they're like yeah i'm like and then do you remember the whole use it or lose it principle yeah. that applies to your body, right? If you have a thing on your body that you're not using, you'll lose the ability to use it, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm like, I think of all things, that's the best reason to exercise, the best reason to lift. Because if you don't use it, you will lose it. If your body has the ability to lift something heavy, there must be a health benefit associated with it. Therefore, if you don't use it, you will lose that health benefit and that that movement pattern. Like that's for me, such a great way to say it. I like. I feel like that's. I'm going to use that quote. I'm going to write it on my mirror. I also think your skin doesn't look the same, but for some reason, with a muscle, it looks good. Like right. for some reason, my skin, the veins, the whatever, the thinness. If I have a little bit of tone in there. Like it, it just, I feel better. It looks better. Um, it's the growth hormone. It's yeah. the growth hormone. When you lift, you secrete gr- more growth hormone at night. And that growth hormone is what repairs all the elasticity in your skin. And it gives it that nicer, smoother um, look that we're all kind of looking for. Now, I'm not saying I don't like to lift and look good. I'm just saying I don't lift for that reason. I know, but let's, I know, but let's be real for a second. Everybody has a mirror and we look in it and we walk by it and we can say, I do this for health, but you also want to look in that mirror and believe me, what I found is everyone's relationship with it is different. Your relationship with your mirror is not the same as my relationship with my mirror. And I would never dare to tell anyone what to do to yourself to make you happy in that place because it's yours uniquely. And yeah. for me, for me, I feel like I, I can tell when I'm not exercising. I can tell when I'm not eating what I should be eating. And that mirror and I struggle together. Yeah. And, and I struggle. I, like, it's funny. Everyone asks, where do you look when you look in the mirror? Because it's not at, like often not at my hair, not at my eyes, not at my... You're looking at those spots you're trying to work on and sculpt. And, and I don't know. And, and I, you can say, no, it's for health. But I think we all understand that relationship with ourselves and yeah. how we feel about ourselves. Oh, I love your thoughts on that. So the mirror does help me determine how I'm going to feel that day. And then if the damn scale gets in on it, that guy sucks. Um, can I tell you a secret? I don't, don't get on scales. I don't do them. Ever. Okay. Ever. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I don't do scales. I don't, I don't have a great relationship with scales. I struggled. <laughs> I struggled in my twenties with what was the right weight and that number. And if it went up or down, I like, I literally couldn't live my day productively because I was so focused on this number rather than how I felt and my relationship with the mirror. So I had to take it out of the equation. I literally at the doctor's office, turn my head. Like I can't, okay. that number doesn't work for me. Like I have yeah. to know how my clothes fit, how I feel not be defined 
by whatever standard that number says to me, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're victims of our time. And it, it, during our time, that was a really big deal to us. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Even me, I'll look at it and I'm like, I have both though, right? For a male, you have to, there's a, there's a really famous strength coach in the world that says the human male should weigh 200 pounds and above. Huh? So there's that. And then there's that other part of me that's like, yeah, but Stallone never weighed 200 pounds. Like there's <laughs> always, there's always this thing in your head that won't well, yeah. well, that scale is not my friend. Never has been. And I'm a male. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be admitting that. But that's true. Let's go. To I your, think let's everybody go to has, everybody has their thing. Right. And if you're a scale person and that helps you get to your goals, Again, I get it. It just, it mentally is a negative thing for me more than it's been a positive. So I cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If we can use it as a tool, that's one thing. But man, sometimes we use it as the barometer of the worth of our soul. And Amen. that's not fair, you know? Yeah. It's not fair. It shouldn't get that much power. But for some of us, it does. And I love that you know that. You're just like, nah, don't care. <laughs> no. scale, scale can kiss it. Scale can go. I don't care. Nutrition. Let's talk about nutrition. Everybody's wondering what's nutrition carrying. She said that she likes sugar earlier in the show. I, I wonder how much of it she eats. Um, so when I did total health and fitness, it was a huge wake up call for me. I, I, um, they had me on 1400 calories a day, 12 to 1400. And, um, it was the eat every two and a half hours, right? The hamster wheel and keep your hamster wheel moving and your metabolism going. And I had my baggies of nuts and I had my, um, my, you know, triscuits and I counted how many I ate and I had my string cheese. So after 12 weeks of that, what I decided is it was amazing. I'd never looked that toned in my life. Um, I looked amazing. And the bummer was it ended like November 20th. So then I headed into the holidays. A, I had nowhere to show off how hard I worked and B I ate Turkey and stuffing for the next six weeks. But what I learned from it is that I took, I took things that I will use the rest of my life. And some, I can't, I can't physically eat like that on a day-to-day basis with, with my lifestyle. So the things I did learn from is, um, the, the things I was cutting out, I was not having bread and I was taking things off sandwiches and I was worrying about carbs and for them, right, their plan is you need a fat, you need a carb, and you need a protein with every meal and everything you eat, and there's balance. And I've become more balanced. I don't look at my plate as what I can cut, but what I can have. And instead of no to that or that, I portion control. I, have a, I, I, I can eat whatever I want, but not as much as before when I was like, of course I can have a huge bowl of that or a plate of that. I portion control more. So I definitely eat three meals a day. My favorite go-to protein snack is string cheese. They got me on that. I do a lot of string cheese. I do a lot less soda than I ever have before and more water. Um, I'm a diet Coke fan because again, I'm from Utah. I'm from Utah and I have, yep. Diet do. I knew I liked you diet. Do I like better than diet Coke? Yeah. 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 And I have to be careful with it because for me, it's the gateway drug. Right, diet do always leads to more actual do, and then do leads to more do's, and then I'm ten pounds up, and I'm back on it. Right? No, then you're at swig. You're at swig, and you hate yourself. Oh, forgot about (laughs) I forgot about swig. Yep, yep. That's the that's the gateway. That's the one. You have gone all the way off the wagon, and that's when where you're down there every day. I think you should go once every other week. 
It's but a treat. You're down there. Swig is a treat, yeah. and you have to yeah. remind yourself it's a treat, not like a like a beverage, like a daily a daily stop. Um, I have teenage girls, so I do some time at Swig, unfortunately, or fortunately for Swig. Um, yeah. So more water. <laughs> more water, more string cheese, more balance in what I'm eating. I will have the bread. I will have the piece of bread. I will have the vegetable and I will have the protein. And I'm just very conscious of what that looks like more than I ever have been before, especially as I get older. The pandemic for the love of all the holy, has made me dive back into sugar. And I was pretty good with my sugar, but it's comforting. I know all those comfort foods. They, I was the same way. Like we better start eating because all this food's going to be gone in three months and then we won't be able to find any. And so let's just make sure. I know it changed my mindset too. I've had a hard time coming back. I'm finally, finally back. I'm finally down to my pre COVID way. But it took, oh, good. Me, took me a month and a half. I had to really get after it. Why do you, why do we all gain weight so easily? And it's so hard to get it off or maintain where you want to be. Like it's so, it's a hard like balance, isn't it? Especially this time for me, I've noticed that, and I think that there's this weird inverse relationship between um, getting out of shape and getting back into shape. It seems like the more times you do it, the harder it always will be to get into shape. So the more times you fall out of it, the harder it is. And I think eventually it becomes exponentially so. And you watch the clients that are really, really dealing with it, and then you're like, I, I don't know if they're going to make it. Like once they get, if they've done it nine or 10 times, I believe it's nine or 10 times harder to get back. Into uh, it. Don't I it. Don't it. And so. then I have friends, I have friends that literally will sit down for lunch or dinner and they'll take three bites and push the plate away. And I'm always like, but I'm still hungry. What do I do? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what do I do with this? I'm still hungry. Did you just have three bites? Like what's going on? So I will tell you, I, I don't not eat. I do eat. And that was, that was, um, it's just what I eat and balancing out what I eat. I have a handles ice cream problem, but I know if I have handles ice cream, I have to balance out something else the rest of the day. So yeah. it's all about adding and subtracting. So, um, I, I, I'm very thoughtful about what I'm eating, but that doesn't mean I don't eat and I don't do treats because I do, because they make me happy. I call that. Yeah. And I call that calorie banking. And I think the thing is, is that if we're just going to go and not eat anything for the rest of our lives, like just eat cardboard slabs and starve to death, that's not what I signed up for. Right. I want to, I want to have some joy in my life and I find food to be joyful. I love it. I love tastes and I love new things. And I even like to stuff myself from time to time. So that's on the table for me. It's, it's not, a, it's not a, a, a labor of sacrifice as much as it's just like, well, I got to take care of myself because I don't, then I can't have. And that's why I do. That's one of my things. So and I love what's out is what you eat. I found that out too. Like if I have candy on the counter, if I have not great things for you, I'm going to eat it. If you, whatever's in sight is what you eat. So if you have walnuts or you have almonds out, then I eat those. And I, like, I realized that, like I have teenage girls and I, I put almonds out and no one ate them for a long time. But after a while, when nothing else was there, we started eating the almonds. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I just, I think it's what you focus on. It is hard to make change. Um, but you're, it has to be a lifestyle. It can't be a diet because I couldn't maintain total health and fitness forever. I really can't. I can't eat that way, but I can take a lot of the values and and practices I learned and incorporate them into what I'm doing. 
Okay. So let's talk about you. You've, you've got a particularly stressful lifestyle. You would have a particularly. I was so stressed just to meet you. Like, oh. I can't imagine you do that every day with people and new things and new situations. There wouldn't be a lot of routine in your world, I would imagine, because it's always coming at you from a different direction. What are your challenges? And then how do you overcome those challenges with your physicality? So let's say, um, when I have a, a particularly rough week, I go straight for the ice cream and I don't work out, right? How do you, how do you manage those challenges so that you can get back on track? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think that especially, I, I mean, I think everyone's going to weigh in over the last six months and say, uh, we're all, I mean, I'm not special. Everyone has had their challenges. I think a study came out two days ago. We talked about it on good things, Utah, that we are the most bummed we've been in 50 years. Um, I, yeah. You yeah, feel that I, way? I do. Um, it said, that, and this was taken before, before all the protests before, um, this was back at the beginning of May. How are you feeling? Mm. And was 18% of people said happy 18%. Yeah. Um, it's a low number. It's a low number. And, um, I, I definitely am, am guilty a lot of days of waking up and there's, there's this much stress and everything feels heavy. That's my word for it lately is it's heavy. Yeah. Um, um, and what do I do? How do I stay on track? I think we all have our days. It's funny. I, I went, I totally believe in therapy and therapists. And I went to this new therapist that said, I give you three or four days in a row to stay in bed. Then you've got to get up. And I said, who has three or four days? Like what? Wait, what? I get three or four. What? That's a thing. I get three. I get three or four days. I still have to go to work. I have two teenage daughters. I have a dog. Like I no, I give myself more like a beat, a beat of, are we like, let's acknowledge that this is hard. Let's acknowledge that I'm eating cereal and it's 11 PM and I shouldn't be let's acknowledge it and let's try better and do better the next day. Walking has been huge for me. Walks and jogging and hiking and mental, that mental stability with no matter what I do, if I, if I stay moving, my mind keeps going. Um, and I, I work out so many issues when I'm walking and thinking. So that hasn't slipped for me. I've probably made my dog the fittest dog in Utah because I've done it more. Um, but yeah, I let my, I think acknowledging that things are rough, but then saying, now, what can, what can I do about it? And how do I get up and keep going is what gets me through my day. I try not to sit in it. I try to move forward. I call that rabbit holing. Sometimes I'll rabbit hole, right? I agree. And rabbit holing to me leads to more rabbit holing, which then leads to more. I literally have to pick myself up, remove myself, go somewhere yeah. so like a walk or a hike or whichever. Or I just stay down in the rabbit hole. And I just, it's weird how rabbit holing makes me dig harder. I'll put all of my energy into digging harder into the nothingness that is this weirdness and sadness and stuff. So yeah, I have to jump out of that. My rabbit holing also, like I love that term because I talk about it with social media. If I, if I'm like, I have 10 minutes, I'm going to look at my Instagram. I can rabbit hole for another two hours. And then I look at the clock and I'm like, I don't have time to work out today. Well, I sure as heck had time to look at every one of your really cool pictures of your family. And I probably should have just glanced and done something great mentally for me. Um, but I, that's where I rabbit hole is social media. I get trapped okay. in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get rabbit hole in my head. 
And then I, I just get whatever emotion I'm feeling right then. I will, I will amplify that emotion. I'm weird that way. I'll, if I'm angry, I get madder. If I'm sad, I get sadder. If I'm bored, I get more bored. It's, it's just this weird effect. I have to jump out of that or I can't. Um, last question, if you will. A lot of people love this question. If you had advice to a brand new exerciser or somebody who had gotten out of it for a long time, what would your advice be? How would, what would you advise them to do starting today? How can they take back control of their health? I think this is a great question. And I love that you asked me because my sister and I were discussing it last night. And I think she'd be okay with me talking about it. My sister is 15 years older than me. Um, she's been through a lot in her life. She has um, a lot of health issues. She has a lot of mental health issues. And for her, it's a lot of days, it's easy just to not get out of bed and not then not get going. And she and I went on a walk and we, there's a park by my house and there's like a little trail and it kind of goes, it, it maybe be one lap around a high school track. And we did the lap and she said, that's physically all I can do. And I said, um, why, why is that? She's in her like mid sixties. And she said, um, I just don't do it enough. So I, I can't, I can't do another lap. And I said, what if we do half the lap? What if we do a quarter, another quarter? What if we start somewhere? What if we keep going? And, um, for her, just the thought of exercise, that word exercise, like, I don't like it either when I'm sitting on my couch, but there's something like you said about moving. It doesn't have to be, I used to think I had to work out for an hour to make a difference or two hours to make a difference. It's amazing what 15 minutes around that little track will do. It's amazing what going, walking in the mailbox and parking further away. It's amazing at little starts that make a huge difference for that relationship between you and the mirror. And believe me, like I, sometimes my mirror is disappointed in me and, um, and it gives me a look. I want, like, my advice would be, like, feel good about the mirror. Feel good about who's in it by just moving a little bit more and getting started. I got my sister another quarter before we went back to the car. And she said, tomorrow I'm going to do the half. And that's, that, that's where you start, just little by little, little steps. Yeah, just remember, enough is enough. I like enough. that. But right? yes, I say that to me, forget exercise. That's everybody, that's your everyday. Your good enough is enough. Your try hard is enough. It is. And sometimes the enough changes and then the other enough changes, right? Enough is enough. It's well, and if you enough. didn't exercise today, there's tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. It's okay. Like it, but just do something, like whatever that may be. Okay. I need to end on that note because that's the note I needed to hear today. Nisha DeGaring, thank you so much for doing this interview. And thank you for sharing some of your thoughts on health and fitness. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How do we find you if, if somebody wanted to look you up? Go down a rabbit hole of my social media because I'm adorable. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And please watch Good Things Utah every Monday through Friday mornings on ABC at 9 a.m. And then I'm on midday at 11 a.m. I've been at Channel 4, you guys, for 25 years because I love it. It is incredible people at an incredible place that really want to make the community better. And that's why I've been there that long because I'm super loyal. So please, if you haven't tried Channel 4, come on over. I'll make you feel welcome. I promise. 
Such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.